After having one of their best performances of the season, the Kings followed up with their worst performance of the season. At least a new contender for worst performance of the season. You got the, the Portland game and you got this game. Losing to the Hornets, who are starting three players that probably shouldn't be getting NBA minutes anywhere. The Kings decided to show up for the first half of a quarter. They went up 18-8. to eight, And then from then on out, they never played well in this game. They were ahead for most of the game because the Hornets are absolutely awful. But the Kings just felt like it felt like they were sleepwalking the entire time. They never showed up. It was so sloppy. The offense was horrible the entire game. The Kings ended up shooting 43.5% from the field. Just an absolutely embarrassing offensive performance against one of the worst defenses in the NBA who are missing a bunch of their best players. Free throw shooting plagued the Kings again, 10 for 17. There was just never any energy. They went up 18 to 8, and then they were just like, we're good. Like, we don't need to be trying anymore. The bench came in. The ball just, the ball movement completely stopped, and it was just jacking up horrible shots the entire time. They let the Hornets stick around until the very end, and then they got burned. Just so many bad mistakes. They ended the game with 20 turnovers. Sabonis had 11 of them, a new career high for him. And while Sabonis had those 11 turnovers, I I, I don't even really put this game very much on him. Like, it, Sabonis and Duarte, it felt like, were the two guys that actually showed up and actually wanted to play in this game. Everyone else was just, just sleepwalking out there. And Fox tried to... Tried to turn it on at the end and, you know, scored a good amount of points straight, you know, maybe like eight straight points. And then he made like four horrible plays to lose us the game. And it's just another example of what I've been talking about this entire season of the Kings not having the, that killer instinct at all. They just don't know how to put teams away and they just cruised. They put the Grizzlies away and it felt like that was one of the few times this season they've really done that. So why, why couldn't they do it against an absolutely horrible Hornets team? I mean, you, you look at this Hornets roster, and it's just horrible. They're starting Bryce McGowns, Nick Richards, Cody Martin. Like, we know Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges are going to get theirs. That's fine. But to lose to that team is, I, I don't even know what to say. That was just a sorry performance. This was absolutely a case of the Kings not respecting an opponent and just thinking that they could get away with not trying very hard and just cruising through the game, having a five-point lead, and then just turning it on at the end and winning. And that's just not the case. Fox would not attack the rim at all. Malik Monk was making horrible play after horrible play to start this game, and he got benched after five minutes. And didn't play the rest of the first half. He came back for the second half because we obviously need him, but he was absolutely horrible on both ends of the floor. The defensive end wasn't the problem for the Kings in this one at all. It was definitely the offensive end. And it's not too hard to defend this Hornets team, but the Kings did a pretty good job in terms of rotations. But the amount of shots the Hornets were missing, they were just missing them 
open shots really badly, time after time, easy shots. And somehow the Kings were still like tied. These are the types of games that the Kings would lose last season at home. And I was thinking it would be different this season, but obviously not. It's just so frustrating to watch this game from the first quarter. Like from the first quarter, every single person watching this game could see it and and say the Kings are not taking this seriously. Like everybody watching this game could see this coming from so far away. They just never turned it on. Nobody could catch a pass. I mean, the sloppiness was just off the charts. And it felt like everything within the Kings offense was just moving so slowly. I came into this game thinking if as long as the Kings rebound the ball and don't turn the ball over, they'll win. And they rebounded the ball well, but they turned the ball over 20 times. And so obviously having a lead really late into this game, if they just didn't turn the ball over 20 times, they were going to win this game. It was 104 to 101 at the 134 mark. The Kings did not score another point from there, and they allowed 10 points. The Hornets ended this game on a 10-0 run. So many mental mistakes at the end of this game. You had Fox fouling Rozier out at like half court to give them free throws. You had Fox losing his man to go double-team Terry Rozier when Terry Rozier didn't have the ball easy layup for the Hornets. You had Fox turning the ball over, which gave the Hornets a a three-point lead at that point. I mean, it was just mental mistake after mental mistake. And then he took a bad shot. Like, it was just a complete mental meltdown for De'Aaron, who is usually so good in the clutch. And it was just mistake after mistake. After getting us into the position to be able to win this game, he was taking on the majority of the, the scoring load to get us to that point in the fourth quarter, and then he just totally collapsed. Sabonis had a moment where he had two open shooters. One was very open, and he just still managed to turn the ball over. Actually, I'm looking at it now. It's not 20 turnovers. It's 21 turnovers. And like I said, it was a case of the Kings thinking they could just cruise to the end, and then they'd beat them in the last, you know, five minutes or whatever. And they were not able to beat them in the last five minutes. And maybe that's just a wake-up call. Like, you got to take these teams more seriously. And they even looked so just relaxed with the ball in the last two minutes of this game. It didn't It didn't look like the Kings were in a last two-minute offense kind of mode mentally. It looked like they were just at the start of the game, just so lazy with the ball. And like I said, it's just so frustrating to watch something. It's like watching a car crash in slow motion from the second half of the first quarter all the way to the end of this game. Just as the slow motion car crash the entire time I could see it coming. There was just zero sense of urgency in anything that Kings did offensively. At one point in the first half, it was like at the start of the second quarter, the only good thing that the Kings could generate offensively was giving the ball to Alex Len in the middle of the floor and letting him create from there. His passing was really good and it has been good all season. But I mean, that's just sad when the only offense you can get is 
through Alex Len? Like, come on. You know, I didn't love the lineups with no Fox and no Monk, but I also understand why Mike Brown benched Malik Monk. And it's because he wasn't taking this game seriously. But at the same time, he was not the only one not taking this game seriously. But Mike Brown wasn't willing to bench, you know, De'Aaron Fox. And I think those two guys are the main culprits to me, Fox and Monk, because it was about dribble penetration. The Kings just were getting none of it. And those are the two guys that are going to provide that. Because, you know, Keegan Murray, he always kind of is playing slower. He didn't play any differently than he normally does. Harrison Barnes is always, he can, you know, become a ghost offensively. And that's just a a separate problem from an individual game problem. That's just, you know, a, a bigger problem. And then you you have Davion Mitchell, who has other, you know, he's not an offensive player. And Kevin Herter has just been struggling for a long time. So none of those things are just, you know, dependent on this single game. But we are so heavily reliant on Fox and Monk when they both decide to just take take the game off, at least the first three quarters. That can spell trouble and I do think the Kings need to at some point get a another shot creator somewhere. I think Kevin Herter being absolutely horrible is the biggest problem there because last season he was really good at generating mid-range shots and this season he has been absolutely horrible at that. Missed a few from inside the three-point line or he missed one midi that was not even close and then he missed a wide open three he missed another three that wasn't even close and I gotta think at some point his offense will come around but he's just so I mean it's a roller coaster he's so wildly inconsistent it's not fun to watch it's it's very fun to watch when he's shooting it well because he's an extremely impactful player when he is shooting it well but when he's not it's just, it is horrendous because he's just not providing anything else. And that's the difference between this season and last season. He was providing shot making from the mid range. He was getting to the rim. He was providing for others. And this season, he's doing none of that. I would say the guys that played a positive game were Chris Duarte, Trey Lyles to a certain degree, Alex Len. And then Sabonis is like, I mean, all those turnovers, I I can't really say he played a positive game, but at least he was trying out there. But for me, it's those three guys and then Sabonis kind of somewhere in there. I think the most frustrating part is if Fox plays the way he did in the fourth quarter earlier in the game, the Kings probably go on to blow out the Hornets because if he just like turns it on at any other point, before that fourth quarter, then the Kings could have generated a bigger lead. And my guess is the Hornets would have mentally collapsed because that's what they've done all season, especially in the third quarter. They collapse, but the Kings just never put any pressure on them. And that's the thing about bad teams. You just, you have to put a little bit of pressure on them and they fully fall apart usually. But the Kings didn't even give them the opportunity like if the Kings did put that pressure on them and they didn't collapse then it would have been you know props to them but the Kings never even tried to put that pressure on 
Because that's the thing about putting a team like this away. If you don't put them away, then in the fourth quarter, it's just going to be about shot making going back and forth at the very end. And it's Fox making a shot, Terry Rozier making a shot, or Miles Bridges. In this case, it's Terry Rozier, who has been really good scoring the ball this season. And at that point, you're just going one-on-one. And if one guy happens to either make more shots or if one team makes mental mistakes, then the other team's going to win, and that's what happened. I mean, the Kings only allowed 45 points in the first half, and then in the second half, it was worse, allowing 66 and 36 points in the fourth. But like I said, that's where the Kings could have taken advantage. They, The Hornets were not making shots, but they let them stick around. The Kings finishing around the rim was horrible. Like Sabonis could not finish, still went 11 for 21. So he was still efficient, but he was he was missing a lot of putbacks. Got nine offensive rebounds. I mean, he was working them on the glass like he has been for the last couple of games, 19 rebounds. Duarte had four offensive rebounds. He had a few putbacks. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Those two guys showed up to play. They were putting in the effort. Sabonis got in a bit of foul trouble. He ended with five fouls. Definitely some questionable calls. There, He's been a lot better this season about not getting in foul trouble. Although I do think it's a lot of just the refs not making bad calls. Because last, I mean, last season was actually like one of the craziest things I've seen of how many just ghost foul calls there were on Sabonis. So I just think it's that those have gone away. But he has been better with verticality and not fouling. I still think the the lineup change, uh, you know, Mike Brown was talking about, it is a, a more permanent lineup change. You know, they'll give it a, a run of games to uh, see if it works out. And I think it's working out. You know, the lineup change, it, it didn't have anything to do with this game. I mean, Dorte was really good and he went two for four from three, was kind of picking up scraps at the rim. His decision-making was good. Four assists, seven rebounds, and it seems like he's settling in to his position on the team. Barnes went one for two from the field, and they were both three-pointers. He ended with three points in 24 minutes. It was just a, a silent performance from him. And there were a few times you could see he would get the ball, and he would you know look for a lane to drive in, but he just like wouldn't commit to a drive. He just couldn't find any room and he just looks so slow and you know he's never the fastest he hasn't been the fastest for a while but he just looks so slow and he can't create for himself now Keegan on the other hand he got a few of his middies that are kind of becoming his move his step back middies where he you know puts his body into a guy knocks him off balance steps back and he just missed a few in the first and he just wasn't getting super involved and I think he just needs to find ways to get more involved. He went one for six from three, and the shots just weren't going down, but he got a little more involved in the second half. He had a drive where he picked up a foul and went to the free throw line. He hit one of those step-back middies, and I like those shots that he's getting. I do like those, but I just would like to see him get the ball and try to create something, especially when just nothing is happening offensively. Because like I said, Fox and Monk 
those are our two ball handlers, and those are the guys that are going to provide dribble penetration. Obviously, Sabonis is going to have the ball in his hands a lot of the time, but he's not the guy that's going to be that's going to provide much of that penetration off the dribble. And when he does, you know, it's a mixed bag, and he can turn the ball over if he feels like he has to do it himself, which he did in this game. And that's like he he was sloppy. He was bad with the ball. There's no doubt, but his teammates didn't help him at all. Nobody else was penetrating, so he felt like he had to create something, and that's where we need Keegan to provide that. Obviously, the Kings were hoping, you know, citing Barnes to a three-year deal, that he would be able to kind of pass some of the load off to Keegan, and then, you know, it'd be some Barnes, some Keegan, right? But Barnes has completely vanished in that department. And then you look at Herder, who has completely vanished. And that's why the Kings offense isn't as good this season as it was last season. And I never expected the Kings defense to live up to last season. The Kings offense is just, you know, it, it was a record setting offense. I didn't expect that. But when you have two guys that just kind of have completely vanished, I mean, it makes it tough. Trey Lyle stepped in in his 17 minutes, went three for five from three, knocked down some big shots that it felt like were either um, momentum shifters, like away from the Hornets, or it could have been like momentum shots that spring the Kings into a run. And then, of course, the Kings never really took advantage. Also, something I talked about with Fox is I said that, you know, when his three-point shooting was amazing, right? At some point, they're not going to be going down, and I hope that he doesn't continuously settle for them even when they're not going down. And that was kind of tonight. Like, he went three for ten, obviously not horrible, but there are just some shots that I'd rather him not take unless he is feeling it. Like, a contested off-the-dribble three... I don't think should be the his first shot or his shot after he's missed a few. Like that's the shot he should take once he's hit a few. And it doesn't have to be hit a few threes, but it's hit a few shots just from somewhere on the court to get him that feel because they're just so much more likely to go down once he's in rhythm. And like I said, he tried to turn it on late and he did. Like he was scoring late. And so we know what he's capable of getting to the rim. But then it was just those mental mistakes down the stretch that were just absolutely killer. The other guys off the bench, Davion Mitchell played 14 minutes. And, you know, he had a good run of games coming up to this one. This one wasn't great. He hit his 1-3. I guess that's, you know, that is positive. But for him... He's just so small defensively. Like, yes, he can stay in front of players, but even he got blown by, by Terry Rozier. But like when he get he got switched onto PJ Washington and he goes out to contest the shot and he just can't because he's too small. Like he doesn't bother the shot at all and PJ just hits it. And that's why I don't think he really can be that impactful of a player. It's really hard for guys his size to make it in the league. And usually the smaller guards tend to be offensive players. And it's just you got to score more than you're giving up on the other end. 
examples that have played for the Kings, Isaiah Thomas, Frank Mason, Yogi Farrell, right? But uh, Davion is a very different player. And so you kind of look at more of the Jose Alvarado model. He's not as good of an offensive player as Jose Alvarado is. And he's also not as good of a player defensively. Jose Alvarado is constantly getting his hands on balls, getting steals, and then he's hitting threes and he's getting to the rim and finishing. Davion is not good at finishing in traffic. He's not a good three-point shooter and he doesn't get many deflections. His really only skill is staying in front of guys defensively and he can get strips on the ball, but he's just not normally getting deflections off the ball. And his offensive game, I just, I don't know if it's that it just doesn't really fit with our offense or if it just doesn't really fit in the NBA. And I think it's more of the latter just because he can't finish around taller defenders. He has a mid-range game, but in the NBA at this point, that's just not that valuable for a guy like him. And I think the thing is, like this game, he didn't do much wrong but it felt like he was a negative just by kind of being out there whereas you know if you if you have a guy like Harrison Barnes out there I mean he did practically nothing but that doesn't mean he was a a negative like Davion was just because of the size difference like that's all it is and so he has to go out there and and somehow make a positive impact every time or he's going to be a net negative and I think at this point, I would much rather have just a, a offensive creator off the bench than him at this point. And I think the Kings would be smart to go and get a, a creator off the bench, a, a point guard that can kind of replace Davion. And, you know, I said Barnes was a, just a nothing. He was, he was a negative. There, there's no doubt about it. But I just meant he wasn't as much of a negative as Davion can be because teams can kind of just search out Davion in terms of the size mismatch. But Barnes, like his screen navigation was horrible and that led to some easy shots for the Hornets. I also thought Keegan kind of struggled against Miles Bridges, just the strength of Bridges. We've seen Keegan guarding smaller guards a lot this season and he just hasn't guarded the bigger wings. And when he has gotten matched up onto those guys, he has struggled. So that's somewhere he definitely needs to improve. And I think there are also points where the Kings were just letting some switches go too easily. Like Lyles kept getting switched onto Terry Rozier, which was not good. But overall, I really think this game just, it it, it either illustrates how Fox and Monk need to carry more of an offensive load earlier in the game, or... Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, or Keegan Murray, like someone needs to step up or the Kings need to find someone else that can provide some offensive spark off the bench. You know, we saw Colby Jones in the G League. He had like 32 points. I think it was eight rebounds, seven assists, five steals. He He's a guy that I think in the future can be a player that can handle the ball and, and create things. I don't know if he's a primary point guard. I mean, he's looked good in the G League, and I think he's someone for the future. And 
the G League guys were with the team, but they were inactive, the two-way players. I was hoping when I saw that they were with the team, I was hoping that Colby would be active and that we'd blow the Hornets out and he could get some playing time because I really wanted to see him. But uh, now I just wish he was active because maybe he could have provided something offensively. Also, I didn't mention this. The Hornets were on the second out of a back-to-back and are on a road trip, the fifth game of a six-game road trip. So that just makes it even more embarrassing, the Kings being at home and all. And just the constant excuses of, or not excuses, but just, I mean, the Kings' struggles of being on the second night of a back-to-back all season, and then they get beat by the Hornets, who are on the second night of a back-to-back. Like, that's just embarrassing. But the Kings have a, a chance to break the curse of the second night of a back-to-back against Orlando. Orlando will also be on the second night of a back-to-back. I believe they're playing against the Clippers tonight. Orlando is a very good team this season. And they're a team with two big wing players that can score. And we saw last season when the Kings played the Magic, Franz Wagner just absolutely torched us, at least in one of those games. And so it'll be interesting to see how the matchups go. With Chris Duarte in the starting lineup, it probably won't be as bad. But looking at a guy like Paolo Bancaro, I mean, the Kings have really struggled to guard a guy like Zion Williamson. And Paolo, in a similar vein of of a guy that's really strong and is going to just try to get to the rim using his strength. And so it's going to need to be a a team defensive performance. I don't know if we, because I don't know if we put Harrison Barnes on him. And I've already talked about how Keegan has struggled against the bigger, stronger players. So if you don't put Keegan on on Paolo, then you're probably putting Keegan on Franz Wagner and Barnes on Paolo. But the Magic score a ton of their points inside the arc. I think they score the least amount, uh, like percentage of their points from the three-point line. And so this game, no doubt, is going to be all about protecting the paint. The one good thing coming into this game is the Kings have been good in terms of their responses to bad losses. It's just like, how many bad losses are we going to have this season? Again, like 19 and 13, a solid record, but it's like bad loss after bad loss. We had Portland, obviously, just at the time, the worst loss of the season. And then you respond against Atlanta and against Memphis. And then you come home and have another bad loss. And so you have to, you know, we had to salvage the road trip by winning two of the three and and winning the last two now you're on a four game homestand you lose the first one against the most beatable team so now you got to salvage this homestand by beating some better teams but I believe I believe that the Kings will respond because they have all season and that this will be the game where they break the curse of the second night of a back-to-back if you made it this far if you're on YouTube let me let me know what loss you think is worse? Do you think the loss against Portland was worse or the or this loss against the Hornets? Or do you think a different game was the, the worst loss of the season? Because honestly, I don't know. I don't know if it's this one or the Portland. It's, it's between those two for me. But anyways, that is it for this episode of the Roller Report. I will be back tomorrow night to recap the game against the Orlando Magic. Peace.